This is the Weird is the New Black Show. Episode 59, 59 episodes, that is insane, it's crazy man, I never thought it was going to happen, but god damn it it did, 59 episodes, and I'm here with someone that I've known for a long, long time, since <laughs> March 9th, 1998 to be exact, that's a long time right there, ain't it? Yes it is, time. it is a long time. This individual is someone... Who I consider not only like not just like family, because you consider cousins family and friends your family. This guy I consider like my little brother, cuz. And like he ain't little no more. But like Sam B, he's, <laughs> he's like a younger brother to me. And you know, it's like it's they're able to see him grow from being young guy, just drawing and just like, you know, testing his arts, you know, his skills out to seeing where he is now. It's an amazing thing. I'm here with Smooth up and coming brother, a young artist by the name of Nazir. What's up? What's up, y'all? AKA Nazir the artist. You know? Now you have a chance to rap her, you have Nazir the artist. See? They know. You know? That's how we get down. Or I'm Mike the Beyond. Doesn't really make any sense, does it? But it doesn't matter. All right, sir, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm chilling, I'm chilling. Fantastic. And he came here with someone who's uh, recording the uh, the podcast through a door. How you doing? Good job. I see you in the corner. Great. So, my brother, my brother, my brother. Something I want to ask you. Okay. Okay. Let's start out. What makes you an artist, man? Um. So the thing that I believe makes me an artist, and what I consider an artist, is I take the stuff that is supposed to keep me in a box, and I use it, and I make something out of it. Even like me being from here, being from Philadelphia, you know, a lot of people, this is a rough city. It's a rough place to be in. And I use it to my advantage. Like even with, so for those of you out there, I do YouTube as well. And the way that I capture the city is really beautiful to a lot of people and it's very inspiring. So I believe that makes me an artist. Taking what people think think is supposed to keep you down and keep you in a box and changing it and making it something positive. You know, give make it into a key so it can unlock the box. So yeah, unlock the box. <laughs> unlock that the box. That sounds crazy. That sounds real. That's what you do. So let's take it back to the beginning. So I knew, you know, because of course for those who don't know, like his pops is like my older cousin, right? So wait a minute. Let me get, get this whole thing clear. This podcast ain't about nepotism. You smell me? This cat's really talented. That's why he's up here, right? I got some cousins who don't who could probably draw, but they just suck. They ain't yeah, up man. here. You know what I mean? I he up here. This. He worked for this. I work for this. I you know grind what I'm for this. Facts. <laughs> you know? So yeah, so let's take it back. So yeah, his um his father is my older cousin. I mean, I was growing up, I used to see his dad like draw and create like amazing images. And then fast forward to ninety eight, this guy comes in the picture. You know what I mean? Young now is the king out here in these streets. And uh you started drawing, right? Yeah. So how did you start? What made you start? Honestly, I think I just wanted to be like my dad. You mm-hmm. know, when you're younger, 
you do a lot of things to try to please your parents and want to be like them and walk like them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that. Like, I just, like, even me getting into comic books, it was something that I knew my dad was into. Mm-hmm. So you always want that recognition and that approval from your parents. So I was like, dang, maybe if I do this thing, I get that stamp. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, you grow older and you realize, yo, it's not about that. It's about doing it for yourself mm-hmm. and doing it for self-love. And I fell into it. But at first, it was just because of my dad, inspired by my dad. He would draw. So he works with SEPTA, and he would draw on the back of the bus tickets. And he would bring home, like, these abstract drawings or his own creations of, like, the Hulk or Wolverine. That's his favorite character. And I was just... It's, I was super stoked about it. Like, I was hype about it a lot. Um, or I would go over his house and he'd have different drawings of cars because he was really into cars. And he had toy model cars and stuff like that. And he would try to get me to draw them. Like, he, my dad was my first critic, the first person to toughen me up when it came to people judging my art because he would be brutally honest. If it looked like I copied, you copied. If it looked like my drawing was crappy, like outside of the lines, he got me out of there. Like he didn't sugarcoat anything at a young age. Mm-hmm. And it, at, when I was younger, I didn't understand it, but now I do. So I sit in rooms with other people and they feel like they're getting chastised or critiqued and they it hurts their feelings. It don't phase me. You know, I take the advice. Some of it, I leave it, but some of it, I take it. But it was all because of my dad was giving me the truth at a young age. Um, so... My dad was my first art teacher, for real, for real. And this was this was all at a young age, like a very, very young age, where I just absorbed all this. And even drawn from car, like cars, like life, life things, like uh, real life drawings. I never did that before, but I've started. I I've done it, but I started with my dad with the model cars, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So it all started because I was inspired by my dad with him doing it. So, yeah. I just see the model cars all the time because he, yeah, had, he had them doing built to a T. Yeah, man. Mad red cars. I'm like, all right, I'm in loving the cars out here, B. Yeah. Facts. To focus back on the him being your first critic, mm-hmm. what's like one of the most memorable pieces of advice that he gave you in terms of art? So it's crazy because it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, oh. This is the most critical advice, and like even to today, like when I'm teaching or I'm helping people out, it's something that he said, and it was spot on. And my dad is a very blunt person, very blunt. Facts. He's not gonna sugarcoat nothing to you. Nope. Um, and he gonna say say I say I say it. Um, he was just like like nah. It's, and my sister draws as well, so most of the times he would be either saying it to the both of us when we would be go over to his house, or it would be just me and he'll be talking to me one on one. But it was just, don't stress yourself at trying to recreate what someone else already created. Sometimes when you're drawing from something, it may not come out exactly like that. It comes out in a way you're expressing it. Don't don't trip off of that. Because I, I used to cry about that type of stuff. Like, it, it wasn't perfect. And I think a lot of kids do that. I see a lot of kids do that now. When it's not perfect, they cry about it or they throw tantrum tantrums because they think perfection is real when it's not. So he, the first advice that he gave me was that perfection is not real. When you creating something, it's your own creation. Even when you mimic it, somebody, you could try to mimic it down to a T. You're never going to have it completely like theirs. It's still your own creation. So that was the most pivotal advice, besides the harsh, like, critiquing. Because right. he used to get into me about some tracing or coloring. Right. So, But that was the most That was the most pivotal. Right. So we have, we have all that. So we have you growing and becoming and growing into your own mm-hmm. when was the moment when you felt like confident enough in your work where you said okay 
I'm on to something. Now. Mm, Now, I never felt confident in my work. And that came from other things outside of art, just real life stuff that was going on with my family and my parents and just life stuff, school, growing up, adolescence, you know, trying to figure things out. And art is, it's like a third arm. It's it's a part of you, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't really feel confident in myself at all. I didn't know who I was. I was finding myself. I didn't know who I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I didn't know which which person I was supposed to be looking up to. Which I was a I was a loner. Like I was cool with everybody, but I was like alone. Like I would jump from different schools sometimes. So I got used to not clicking up with people. Or if I did have a clique of friends, it ain't last too long, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of like, all right, I'm by myself. I didn't really. I wasn't too confident in myself until certain events happened. Um, mm-hmm. And when I got confident in myself, I started finding other ways to do art and not just drawing or painting, but also screen printing or doing music or even selling your art. And through all that and then going, getting older and going to school until now where I've met professors and mentors where they're like, nah, you actually have a talent. You have something. And me struggling enough, like, nah, I, I, I don't have nothing. Like, look at his work. Until really looking at, looking at my stuff and saying, like, yo, like, I do got talent. Not being cocky about it or arrogant, but having love for myself and saying, like, bro, you are nice. Like, stop, stop trying to discredit yourself. Like, love yourself. And that goes into a whole lot of other stuff, like mental health and everything. But when my head got straight, I got more confident in my art. And that's now... Um, and it's not that nobody can't tell me nothing. I love getting critiqued. Um, I love seeing what I felt, what I failed at, so I could do better at it. Um, I take my craft very serious. I'm practicing every day. It's not a day that I don't practice. But I know that I'm talented. I know I'm not washed up. I know that one day, when the day comes, I know people gonna see my art and they gonna know my, they gonna know my name. They gonna know my face. I'm confident in me. Um, so that happened now. At the age of 21. So. And 21, you know, in this country, like the age when you're like certified as an adult. Yeah. Like you're violated as an adult. You hit 21 years old, like you can drink. It means yes, you are an adult. Yeah. You know, and it's amazing to see your growth and to see where you come from. Now, we're discussing like confidence and understanding your talent. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you about inspiration. Mm-hmm. But not on a a solid like surface level saying what inspires you mm-hmm. but how do you define inspiration now since you are an artist and you're creating these things so and i don't mean to go too deep or too dark but it's always been the same thing it's dark stuff um so it's this guy named eric thomas right i used to watch him all the time when i was younger i went through a lot of phases i thought i could play basketball i was four nine i don't know where i was gonna play basketball at mm-hmm. You know, we got short genetics in our family. I ain't, yeah, we, yeah, we are short. Yeah, we are short. So it was a lot of other things that I wanted to do. I wanted to do fashion and not get, see in Philly, we don't call stuff getting bullied. You call it get grinded up. People was joking on me. And at the time, like even in that, I had to build confidence during that. But it was also inspiring because it was stepping stones for me to step on till this point right now. But it all came from dark, 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 dark places me being depressed. I didn't understand what depression was, didn't know what it was at all. I just thought I was just always sad or mental health bottoms things up, not talking to people. Um, I didn't know that I had triggers. I didn't know that I shut down on people. When certain people say certain things or do certain things, I kind of just remove myself 
or I fire up. So all those things inspire me. When I went to college, I met a lady named Monique, and she kind of like another mom to me. And she taught me a lot about myself just through talking to me and listening to me. And it was that, yo, all the things that are, that you thought hindered you in life actually helped you. All mm-hmm. the things that you think are hurtful or painful and bad about yourself are the stepping stones for you to create a new self. Mm-hmm. So I used to have, nobody knew, but I would have anger issues. I wouldn't show it to nobody. It's a lot of stuff I didn't show to nobody. Like, this stuff is easy to talk about. But when they go to the stuff like, you're super emotional or you're always angry or you're mad, you get mad quick. Like, that stuff I don't like to talk about because it feel like it's a chink in my armor. But Monique was just telling me that, like, nah, it's not a chink. It's a trigger. And when that thing is being triggered, you need to listen up and turn it around. Use it for something inspiring to make something out of it. Everything stems from pain with me. And it's weird. Because a lot of people look at me like I'm happy. And I, I am. I'm joyful at times. My mentor taught me that happiness isn't real, but joy is. Joy is an equilibrium of happy, happy things and bad things, and that's life. Mm-hmm. But to be blissfully happy is not really real. And I understand it. And everything that I've ever done came from dark stuff and good stuff. So it could be somebody broke my heart, but I know I can get through this because I got through this before. Or somebody done got over on me with a commission and some money, but hey, money ain't everything. I'm not greedy. I'll get it back. I'll figure it out, or I'll get blessed in a different way. So everything comes from a dark, dark, dark place, and like, I'm going to say 10, 10% come from a happy joint and, com- and confidence. I mean, it all comes from confidence. I don't mean to be confusing. Confused. Confusing anybody, but it all comes from confidence, but most of it is dark stuff and traumas and depression and stuff like that. But it makes me happy that I can do that, you know? Mm-hmm. It makes me happy that I could take that and, and do something with it. So that's what I mean. 10% of it is happiness. So, yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, you and I have had our conversations. Yeah. And it's, you know, hearing you talk about it, it's like I had the same things. Like, just all the things you say about shutting down people or being emotional or being angry or, like, just keeping to yourself. Yeah. I've done every single last one of the things that you mentioned because yeah. again things got, I got all these things have been bottled up and like it was like slowly killing me because it was just making me into something that I didn't I never thought I would be mm-hmm. nothing that I wanted to be mm-hmm. so I you know I had to figure out something and you know it took me to this point in my life I told yeah. you, like, you know we had a conversation in my apartment it's like I'm 34 years old now and I'm finally understanding it yeah finally going through finally understanding it's the fact that you're 21 and you realize it yeah. That's a great starting point. Yeah. And so you put, you know, all this pain into your work. It reminds me, and I told you this before. So there's this video uh, about Mob Deep. Uh, I think it was, um, it's not give up the goods. It might be, might be give up the goods. And like they're in a, they're in a bar and, and Prodigy got on like this, this button up shirt and it's like his head wrap. And I looked at him, I said, yo, mommy, like mommy are you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I remember you were telling me. Yeah. And, when you mentioned like putting pain to work, I think about this song by Prodigy called like You Never Feel My Pain mm-hmm. from his H&IC album. And there's so many great artists who use, you know, what they define as pain as their greatest fuel and they release it into their work. Mm-hmm. Like I remember DMX had the song Slipping. Yeah. And it was like, it's that same vibe. And you have all these different artists, visual artists. Like you have these, what's the term they have for? Um, not tragic artists. 
suffering artists or yeah. people like that. These artists who have these like these issues. Yeah. And then and they use it rather it's kind of funny, like, do they use it or does it use them? Mm-hmm. And they and they become vessels for it, and they create some ama- like some amazing things, like Kurt Cobain, for example, yeah. or you know about Vincent Van Gogh, or these different artists. And you know, some of them have like tragic ends, and people may not may not understand what they were all about until after the fact. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we as creatives, we tend to see that, and we like, wow, we admire their work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yet we fear going to that level. Yeah, it's scary. Um, like ment- and and I'm glad the conversation is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mental health. Um, I didn't understand mental health. I didn't understand none of it. I thought that maybe I'm just too emotional or do 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 because that's what people were saying. Or like me, the conversation mean you had like toughen up, like all of that stuff, right? Until I was listening to Kid Cudi. Or it was certain songs that I was drawn to by Kanye West, like um, like the song Spaceships. All these songs where it's talking about growing pains and just pains in life, I was drawn to. But it was because I wasn't really saying nothing, but my my energy, my soul was trying to feel it. Um, and I'm just glad we at a place now where we can really talk about this type of stuff and not feel no type of way like you less than a man because you deal with depression Soft or you, yeah, 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 like you not. It's it's a hard thing to shrug off. Like even with me knowing the things that I know, it's some days where it's hard, but I know what to stay away from. Mm-hmm. Um, like even sad, like if it's weird because that place, it's like it's like a lustful thing to go to that place, like uh. It's certain songs that I can't listen to because I know it's gonna make me depressed because it's it's talking about a lot of stuff that's too real for me. Like uh, I know you you we both listen to Kendrick, mm-hmm. but you know the You song off of To Pimp a Butterfly. Yes. Like that whole switch up where he like where somebody is like cursing him out and he he drinking in the video he drinking and he's like it's growing pains and he feel guilty for a lot of stuff. I felt that in a lot of ways for a lot of things. And it's like I've used that to create. Now, when I'm not creating no more and it's still there, it's like, all right, you got to turn it off. You got to turn it off because now you're going to a place that you don't want to be or be there for too long. It's, it's funny because it's kind of like it's, it's weird. These fictional characters and books um, that we read, these comic books, and it would be a person where he got to learn how to control his power, right? And if he used too much of it, it, it consumes him and it messes up everything that he has going. It's the same thing with that dark cloud. You could pimp it out. You could do what you got to do with it. But if you use it for too long, it could end up using you, like you said. And that's the, that is the scary place. Because you look at Kurt, it was great content. People could feel the music, but it went too, it went too deep. Um, same thing like Mac. Like, that's a hurtful thing because I wasn't there when Kurt Cobain was around. Mm-hmm. I only could hear the stories. But Mac is somebody that I was growing when I was first taking a bus or getting on um, my first transpasses and things like that. I was listening to Mac. Referring to Mac Miller. Yeah, yeah. Mac Miller, Mac mm-hmm. Miller. Um, and his passing and just how he talked about the the struggles that he had with depression and drug abuse and things like that. Um, but his dark cloud was making him create great music. But outside of the music, it was hurting his soul. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's, it's scary like that. It's a dangerous game we play. You know what's interesting is that, you know, referring back to comic books and, you know, whether we film, like I find myself 
attracted to dark characters. Mm -hmm. Like those are only ones that I want to check out. Uh-huh. Like I was never a Captain America fan. Yeah. You know, I wasn't like, oh, hey, that's Thor. Hey, mm-hmm. that's incredible. I mean, the Hulk had his moments of like dealing with his own inner turmoil. But again, it was like people like a Wolverine character mm-hmm. or like um, a Batman. Yeah. You know, or like a Batman Beyond. It was like any character, like even like comics, not comics, pardon me, cartoons. People like Samurai Jack. Yep. And with these characters, and uh, I even go down the line with uh, Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. Yeah, you had these characters with had a dark side to them. It wasn't clean. Yeah. And, and I believe that people who weren't, who weren't clean were more relatable to me. Yeah. You know, me too. I, I understood it. Yeah. Because I look at myself in the mirror and, you know, my mom can say, like, positive things about me. Dad can say positive things about me. But I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'll say this. And it's like, I feel like, like I'm dirty. Yeah. And it's not like, yo, like, me not showering. Because I shower, goddammit, every <laughs> day. You know, but it's just like, feel like my, my, my soul, my spirit yeah. isn't clean. Yeah. I feel like throughout so many years, the things that I've dealt with. Yeah. Or like... um things that I've done, not intentionally trying to, you know, hurt anybody, but like yeah. shit happened. It's like, you know, like that song, you, you did this, you did yeah. this, you did that. And or sometimes people projecting this shit on me mm-hmm. at moments. And like you said, there's moments where I didn't speak up enough or at all. Cause yeah. I was like, I'm just going to let it happen and, and, and be done with it. But I, I'll go down the line and like, it will eat me alive. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, fuck this feeling. For real. So, I mean, I get it. You know, because I mean, even when I, I was like writing raps or whatever, I was trying to, you know, write poetry or whatever. It was like I was trying to release whatever I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, it was, um, you know, like you said, broken heart or me being pissed at the world. I had to do something to get it out of my system. Mm-hmm. So I see what you're doing. That's like, yo, and you're going about them in the right way, mm-hmm. a productive way. Yeah. Because Lord knows. Yeah. These people would get like pissed off and it's like, you know, ODing on drugs and getting drunk and just like just going on crazy rampages and it's yeah. ruined everything. And it's, it's other ways like I mean we stri- we go to drugs like like that's the main source of indulging in your pleasures, but being toxic at the same time, that's not just it. Like it's people who s- somebody dies so they don't know how to cope, so now they just talking to different girls or messing with different guys. Mm-hmm. Um, which is still toxic. Or it's people who things are going on but they need to buy something to make them feel good because they don't want to really deal with the problem or they eating and it's messing up their body and their health because they don't want to deal with the problem so it's 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 all these other ways that you can harm yourself that people don't really talk about or they try to justify like even hey you said you should go treat yourself okay that worked for a few little times but when i'm treating myself Every other day, now I'm hurting myself. I need to t- I need to sit in the mirror and look at myself. Mm-hmm. Why not do that? I need to deal with the problem. And a lot of that's the thing. A lot of people don't like to, like you said, look at yourself because you feel like you're dirty. And that's something that I'm learning mm-hmm. still, and it's still going to be going on an ongoing process. Is I'm not the only one that done messed up in life. Um, I'm not the only one that done did some things that only I know. And it's like, dang, like that junk kind of hurt or that. That thing still haunt me a little bit. Everybody got something that haunt them in their life. Ain't nobody yeah. perfect. And it sounds cliche, but it's not. It's real life. Everybody done did something. Um, that's my whole problem with Instagram, with everybody judging everybody. It's like, bruh, if you if your darkest secret or the darkest thing that you ever done was uploaded, 
you would log off. You don't want nobody to look at you like that. But if you if you looked at yourself and really held yourself accountable and be like, yo, I know I ain't I ain't the best person and I ain't perfect, you will understand so many other people. You wouldn't judge so many other people. Mm-hmm. And you would really sit back and try to take care of take care of yourself and take care of your indulgence. Yeah. Cause this, that's the thing about the uh, social media and about like Instagram or Twitter. Like say if someone like for example, I saw this battle rapper on Twitter. He had uh, he's wearing a pair of champion sneakers, mm-hmm. and other battle rapper said, "You know, get them sneakers out of here." And but the other his homie stepped in and said, "Yo, well we we like the stuff, so we wear it." Mm-hmm. What's the problem? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the thing I don't I don't understand is that we got to a place where individuality is no longer respected people talk about it mm-hmm. like yo man be yourself hold yourself down blah blah, blah. but yet you'll be the first one good. it does you'll be the first one to turn around trying to just diss somebody over mm-hmm. what they're wearing mm-hmm. like i've i've seen people like who are just mind their business mm-hmm. and their picture will wind up on twitter mm-hmm. and they will be grinded up but like like two thousand retweets and, mm-hmm. ex- and hundreds of comments saying, "Look at this outfit! Look at this outfit! Look at this outfit!" But like the people who are dissing them, like, "What about you? Yeah, how do you dress? Yeah, we've seen some of your stuff. How can you talk?" But yeah. it's just it's this entire world of people, and I people are miserable, and they find solace and breaking down others. Yeah. It's a weird, weird world that we're in right now. And just to go back to what you said earlier about the idea of being perfect and perfection, let's be real, perfection is a construct. Mm-hmm. Shit ain't real. Yeah. Because you think you're perfect to yourself and some people, and someone else said, nah, her hair could be a little bit longer. Yep. Her hair could be a little bit shorter. If somebody listened to this podcast right now, and I don't like how he talks, I, okay. Right. All right. Right. The mic's voice is too deep for a podcast. Something, yeah. something dumb like that. And I'm like, and the same instance, I could be like, go fuck out of here. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, it doesn't really matter to me. Mm-hmm. You know, because we have to get beyond like this, this world of, of wherever the hell this is. Yeah. And a lot of people are trapped. Yeah. And it, it made me think about, this is interview with Jay, with Jay-Z. And he was saying how people, a lot of people out here are hurt. I don't know word about word for word, but he was saying how like you'll be walking in the street and a guy like, you'll look at somebody, and he, what you looking at? And, like, Jay broke it down, like, oh, you thought I saw you, like, the real you, like, you, with all the mm-hmm. scars and all the traumas. And it's the same thing, like, with people who who hound on other people, ground other people up. Mm-hmm. It's like you trying to get away from it so don't nobody look at you. But as soon as somebody look at you, like you said, the dudes was talking about his champion shoes. Now, somebody go to your page, well, look at you. Your mom this. This, that, and the third. Now your feelings is hurt. Now you mm-hmm. want to fight. Now you're emotional. If you would have just let him rock out. And been cool, you would have avoided this, but you thought you had to get something off because you really hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. And that, and it's that that line, and it sounds cliche, and I I hate it because it sounds like a Drake line. I don't know if Drake did say it, but it sounds like something Drake would say: "Hurt people, hurt people." Yeah, it's true, bro. Yeah, like it's it's a crazy crazy world we're in. But I think about it, even in terms of art, because it brings me to a bigger conversation now. Like when I think about art, I like. Original pieces. Mm-hmm. I say it again. I like original pieces. I'm not really a fan of like the copy culture within it. Yeah. Because look, man, as much as I like Dragon Ball Z, because <laughs> even to this day, I'm just like, 
I've had enough. Yo, I've that's had enough. hilarious. I've had enough. That is hilarious. Because it's like all these artists still do that. And I'm not knocking. Like, you do what you do. Do what, do what you like. I'm cool, bro. But it's like, listen, man. Can we just, can we just see your own characters? Can we yeah. see how you express yourself your own way? Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just like, I'm out, I'm out with it. And I feel like a lot of what we know culturally, mm-hmm. I know, I know this thing people say, you know, like great art, you know, good artists copy, you know, great artists steal and yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's, it gets redundant. It's like, what am I seeing here? Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing more of a Kira Toriyama's work than I'm seeing yours. Yeah. I might so that's that his name, Kira Toriyama? Might be. I'm, there's a lot of Japanese cats I fuck with. I'm just names getting tossed around. You know, you know exactly yeah, what I'm talking what about. Talk about uh-huh. You know what I mean? You know but exactly yeah. what you're getting at right now. Right. And it's just like, yo, I'd rather, you're giving him more praise for his work. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what about yours? Yeah. Like, what are you drawing? What are you, what are you showcasing? You can't read. How many times can y'all remix Dragon Ball Z? Yo, I think it going to something. I think they can go to two things. Mm-hmm. One, it's kind of like somebody being in a room, and a lot of people are socially awkward now. Right. Um, Because nobody really socializes or like to talk to people or don't know what to talk about unless they're talking about somebody in a bad way or what somebody don't have or gossip or fake bigging somebody up. Mm -hmm. Right. So art is your voice. A lot of people don't know how to talk in a room full of people, so they probably can't even talk on the canvas. Mm -hmm. So they got to say what everybody else is saying the same way how when they're in a room with people, they got to talk how everybody else is talking. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm from Philly, but if you just talk to me, it don't seem like I'm from here. Cause I don't talk like everybody from here. Hold up. Do you know how many times I've been like people approach me? It's like, where you from? I'm from I'm from Philly. No, where you from? From West Philadelphia. No, you're not. Uh-huh. I'm like, how do you how are you gonna tell me where I came from? Uh-huh. You don't talk like you're from Philly. You don't sound like you're from Philly. I'm like, well, goddamn, I'm yeah, from I'm, here. I'm always gonna be here. But I've been so many other places around the city and outside of this that my the way my tongue twists don't make it makes it though that I'm not from here. I'm from here. I've I've read so many other books or watched so many other YouTubers or pot listen to so many other podcasts that mm. it kind of takes hold on me. I'm not just a product of my environment. Like I've learned other languages and codes through looking at other people's lives. I'm not just here. Like even you got a dress code here like the polo tees and regular cargos and and forces like all that like if you don't wear that like you, your lay ain't your lay ain't tough, or you ain't got the drip. If you ain't wearing neon right now, that's the thing. I was just thinking about this when we was walking. I cannot see me wearing no neon. Neon green colors. Yeah, I can't see that. I'm, I'm I'm cool. But a girl will tell you, "Hey, you you not it because you not what was going on right now." And that's that's that goes back to the whole thing of people not having their own voice, their own style, and being in uh being individuals. Nobody want to be themselves no more. And I think it's another thing, whereas it's kind of like music with art. Mm-hmm. Art is growing, and people seeing that you can really do stuff with it and make money, right? Right. And um, it's just like how music, it's a lot of people who make music that don't care about the growth of music and the well-being of music. So they copy other people's styles, mimic it, and make money off it. Who could be hotter? They get writers. It's the same thing. A writer is the equivalent to copying somebody's style. You didn't do nothing yourself. And it's a difference between I'm practicing this person's style because I see something I like and I'm going to take it and make it my own. And you really taking Dragon Ball Z and you going to, you you just trying to, you seen what Marcus Prime did or you seen with, uh, who else? 
who else be doing it? It's a lot of other black artists that be doing that. Fuck. And they see that, like, I was just talking to Dre about this. It's this one guy. I can't remember his name right now, but his style is really dope. Um, and this other guy, he got on the shade room, but he stole this guy's style, like, down to the T. And it's like, it's kind of frustrating because that's something that he worked on. And you seen what he was doing and you just took it. You didn't even try to do your own thing. Let me tell you something right now. There's an artist who's popular right now, right? I'm not going to mention his name, <laughs> you know, because uh, I think another show on this, another show that I know, they may have interviewed him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no shots. Mm-hmm. But I can't stand this shit. And I say, well, I can't stand this shit. And I'm going to get to the point of why I think it is. You know what I mean? And, brother, if you hear this one day, you get offended, understand. It's not coming from a place of anything personal against you. Just with the work that you're putting out, I just can't fucks with it. Mm-hmm. I come from, I'm old school my shit, B. Like, I, I respect those who came before me. Yeah. Generations and generations. So, I matter whether it be in, like, civil rights, whether it be in rap, whatever it is. If you were from a certain time period and you put work in for whatever you did, I respect it. Mm-hmm. And I might I don't take too kindly to seeing certain people in images where they're doing stuff that's like things they would never be doing. Oh, I know who you're talking <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yo. And like I've seen they did some work for someone else. Like they did a music video for Charles Gambino. I thought that was I thought that was dope. But me, I'm seeing other shit, I'm like yeah. Nah. You I, know, I, that's crazy that you said that. I can't do that, babe. I mean, but other people might think it's dope. This is this is this is cool. Uh-huh. I'm like, I can't say that, man. Uh-huh. And it's not because I'm not open minded. It's just like you're not gonna have. Yeah, I know exactly. Oh, I know exactly God. what you're right, talking bro. about. Facts. But it's it's crazy because even him, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna meet him one day. I'm work with him. It's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. We we in the same section. We are gonna run into each other. I do think he is talented. I think he get down to do his thing. I think that he just don't care. Like, I think he don't care, like, about... It's kind of like propaganda. Like, I don't think he care at all. So, what may be looked at as disrespectful to us and the people who have something to stand on, mm-hmm. to him is like, oh, well. Like, even when he be doing the... Uh, you see the academics, Joy? No, I know he was on it. I ain't watched that. That joint was hilarious. It was hilarious to me. Mm. Like it's hilarious to me. But I think he, I think he do got a nice hand. He does his thing. He just don't care. He just really don't care. And look, cause uh, all right, so I've met artists like who don't care to do their thing no matter no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. But like, there's cats who do who don't care but still operate within certain guidelines. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like. You can see, like, Kanye West might not care. Uh-huh. He might say, I'm, I'm better than this, better than that person. You know what? Scratch that. Better example, Pharrell. Mm-hmm. Pharrell was, like, to me, my main man. Yeah. Like, he's ill, talented, work with all kinds of people. And you can tell, like, he does what he, do, does, what he does. He ain't high for nobody. He does what he does. Yeah. But, you know, he, whenever he's around, like, someone who's, like, uh, like a buster or a Q-tip, he was like, oh, man, the respect is there. Respect is there. Cause he, cause he understands what they did before him, and he, you never once hear him like, "Yeah, I'm better in this cat, I'm better in this cat," uh-huh. or try to use anything that they did and twist it in, in a wild way. Uh-huh. You know, it's so like I understand artists; you can do whatever you want and be free with your, you know, with your skills. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, listen, coming from where I come from and seeing the things that people have done, 
Uh-huh. Why can't I have fucking Michelle Obama like on a pole twerking? Nigga, uh-huh. what? You know, and I understand. Yeah. Like you said, he does what he does. He yeah. don't care. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But like me, I'm like, nah, my guy, I can't. I can't do that. You know what I mean? But and I, I think that comes from the generational gap thing too. Yeah. Like, and I don't, I don't know. He probably around your age. I don't know how old he is, but That's when you on the gram and you in this field, like, and you adapt to it, your mind is no longer in that that age gap, that age group no more. You come into our world, mm-hmm. uh, these younger kids' world. I'm not that old, but like my sister's age, and a lot of them kids, they don't care. And that's another thing: controversy sells. So if I look at Banksy, mm-hmm. like you do stuff like that, and people, the likes go up, and you get more attention, and attention is something that people is feeding for. So you get that attention. Next thing you know, you meet somebody, or you bump into somebody that may big take you to the next position. Sometimes I don't think I don't think that his work probably is personal. I think he just be trolling, like he just be doing his thing. And it's probably a strategic marketing thing. Mm-hmm. You do something, you may get in the room with somebody, which he did. He got into the room with a lot of people, and that opened other doors for a lot of other stuff, a lot of floodgates for other stuff. Now he getting money. Now he doing all this other stuff, mm-hmm. and it's it's different now than back than back then, where you could respect somebody from afar. I think people think think in the frame of. Yeah, that guy's doing whatever he's doing, but me and my family starving. I need to do what I got to do. So if it's that, if it's at the expense of his and him and his image, I don't care. My my folks need to eat. I need to eat off my talent. I don't care if I got him in here doing some crazy stuff on this on this on this picture. You know what that sound like? What? Nigga that just sold drugs in the eighties. Yo, it's the same. And he did that drawing. You seen that drawing? When he did the drone about social media, it's the same thing now. It's hard to get off social media. It's the same thing. People will upload anything. It's the same thing Denzel said about reporters. Um, be careful when trying to be first uh, because you you start to fight. Are you being first or are you being true? And it's hard to be true out here. A lot of people ain't trying to be true. It's being true when you're creating your original art, when you sitting back and you taking days on, days in to find what you want to say. Mm-hmm. And it's being quick and fast when you... All right, this happened. All right, I'm going to capitalize off that. And I'm not going to lie. I've done it before. Like, I ain't do nothing controversial, but mm-hmm. I'll market it out. And it's, a, it's not a personal thing. It's a, it's a business thing. Um, I'll see what the people like. Like, oh, y'all like G Herbal Baby Mom? I'm going to draw her and get something. Or y'all laugh at Fat Boy SSE? I'm going to draw him, get reposted on his page. Or y'all like the Claremont Twins? I think they pushed up too far, but they still beautiful. I love the Claremont. <laughs> they, they still beautiful. I'm going to draw them, get reposted. Next thing you know, that open the floodgates to somebody else on Love and Hip Hop. Do that thing. And people's looking and, and like, oh, my God. So sometimes I understand that. But I have I have yet to do a piece that's like totally out there like that. Like that's like, man, F you, da, 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 da. And it's, and, and it's crazy because. I ain't even want to say that. I'm going to leave it right there. All right, because one thing I will say is, like, congrats to you because you wound up, because through your work, you wound up landing, like, the single for um, one of the cats from Love & Hip Hop. What was it? L.A.? Um, all right, some some dude, right? Some other one guy. I think his name I am Zell? Zell something? Yeah, he's from, like, Love & Hip Hop. One of Love & Hip Hop joints. I remember just seeing him on TV fighting somebody one time. It was wild funny. Cause he, yeah. he act like he's gonna get somebody a hug and he just swung on him. Oh. I mean, that's not funny. That's ignorant. Oh, he wild because, like that. Yo, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I don't watch TV. 
I be. I was on YouTube. I uh, ain't watch so either. I'm watching on YouTube. It's like somebody fights. I'm like, click. Who's fighting? And he went up and said, hey, uh, you know, by God, we got guys. We're going to be cool. We're going to be peace. My boy leaned over and just like, whop, whop. Oh, he wild. Yo, and it was just out of control, man. Because the person said, why am I bleeding? I'm like, because you got hit. What do you think? <laughs> like, no offense. I'm sorry. I didn't make fun of you, but you why got am hit. Bleeding? You got punched. He punched you, bro. But, uh, yeah, so one thing I wanted to talk about, because, like, it's, it's a minor segue, because I have something big I want to ask you later on in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about music. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I said something, something on Twitter the other day to people that I knew. I said, I have to be cool on rap sometimes because it gets a bit too toxic for my mind. Because mm-hmm. there are days when I'm listening to like stuff out now and I'm just like, I can't really vibe with it. I can't connect with it. Yeah. But I got joints now uh, from a rapper who I'm forgetting who the, who the dude is. But I play it in a beat. Beat is going, uh-huh. but I'm not paying attention to anything that he's saying. Because uh-huh. once I listen to what he's saying, I'm like, nah, I'm not really a fan of this shit. Yeah, I keep moving because, you know, I'm not, I'm not of, of like the drug culture. Yeah, I mean, I was part of it when like when people were glorifying the drug dealers. Mm-hmm. Now people, drug, you know, glorifying the drug users. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, and it's a different. And I'm I'm seeing how like these kids who are listening to it or these young adults listening to it, like. They're into lifestyle so much that they become they are the users. Yeah, man. You know, this so it's scary. like, how do you feel about that? Because this is like you are part of that gen- of this current generation. As a young black man, seeing it, and I ain't trying to take no p- political stand or nothing. Like right. it's hurtful, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of these people, they they kind of look like the fiends of Badlands, mm-hmm. and how they be slumped over, but they just got nice clothes on and they they got dyed hair. And they could they can manage their stuff a little bit, but you still you still on, on drugs, bro. Like that, that should never be the good time thing. Let's go do like, come on, bro. We can have a good time any other way. Why we gotta do that to have a good time? Mm-hmm. I never really understood that. Like, and I'm not no goody two shoes. I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. But I'm just, I ain't never let it consume me. And that's the thing. Uh, it's sad because it's a lot of people letting a lot of things consume them, and nobody got no backbone to stand up for their soul. To fight for their soul, and you letting all these other things eat your soul away. Mm-hmm. You letting drugs kill who you re- who you could be, who you could show your little brothers to be, and that's that's a bigger thing. Like, it's a lot of people that look up to us, like how I look up to you. You looked up to my dad. It passes the torch. The torch passes. So you got these people who are running around and not saying the the music. Gotta hey, stop saying that in the music. You know, do your thing. Um, that was your life. Get your truth off. Tell your story, but. And and I understand when people are like, well, I ain't telling them to go do the drugs, da 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 da. But it's people who don't have common sense, and because I could listen to a Pusha T song, and I know I ain't never sold no drugs in my life, but I've sold art, and I could break that down and fit that to me, and it makes sense. It make me feel amped. It make me feel inspired. But it's people out here who feel like, oh, you put it in a song, oh yeah, I gotta go, I gotta go, bro, this up, or I gotta smoke this, bro. Oh, you got the K2 on it? Oh, bro, such and such said K2 lit. Bro, such and such said K2 lit. Is you serious? <laughs> they kill you, bro. Like, the, the stuff that they saying, bro, they just trying to get their dollars off. They trying to feed their family at the expense of your life, and you don't even peep that. Like, and people, and, and I think it goes deeper than that. It's people don't spend time with themselves. 
people act like they're scared to be by themselves. I'm not saying just being alone in your room, occupying your time on Instagram or playing a game or watching YouTube, binge watching YouTube, but really sit there with yourself and really, yo, who am I? Like, what what don't I like about myself? What do I love about myself? What do I want myself? What do I want for myself? People don't want to do that. Uh, that's why you see so many people following other people's blueprints. Like, even there's so many girls that I've known and not knocking and I understand life get real. Uh, but they were supposed to grow up and do other things that they wanted to do, but they became nurses because that's how you make the most money. Mm-hmm. Um, or dudes who they could have had the best rap career and or they could have been this and the third, but they let other things get in the way. And I'm not saying that it's not hard. I understand that it's hard, but everything is hard. You got to figure it out. But if you loved yourself enough, if you talk to yourself enough, you could will yourself to do it. And it's, it hurt because these songs... And I'm not going to say the songs, but the people who follow in it, and it's a big majority of people who follow in it, it's, it's, it's not evenly yoked. It's too many people following it. And it's, it's, um, it's becoming a disease for the mind. And it's killing a lot of, a lot of people who could be doing something for, the, for good for the community and for the other generation to come. The kids who looking up to them. And, like, I don't even understand how they don't understand this, but let's say you are the boy that's on Xannies or you you get your hair dyed. And not saying nothing wrong with that, but I'm saying, like, you popping perks and all this other stuff and you wild and you on lean. You on all that, right? And you got a younger brother or a younger cousin who look up to you. Now, let's say y'all get older and he get his stuff together. You know you become the bum uncle that was washed up. Do you know that you become that? Like, you become... uh. The, the the uncle off of, he was a cool bull, but I ain't going to throw him under water. You become the uncle off of paid in full. Like, you corny. You become somebody who was corny, mm-hmm. but you thought you was lit. You washed up. Don't you want to set a better example, bro? It's other things besides money will always be around. Money is not going out of date. It, it may change the cryptocurrency and all those things, but giving food for thought to the next generation is so important. Um, being honest with the next generation about your mistakes and all these other things is so important. Being honest about and telling them what the effects of drugs or being involved with bad vices of bad people is so important because you're telling them how to how to get out the way of so many things. Just how our, our ancestors did it. Hey, be careful of them folks. They're going to try to move you out your section. They're going to raise the property prices. If they ain't tell us that, we wouldn't know. When we wouldn't have a blueprint, and even the blueprint is still faulty, but we figuring it out. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for them saying something, if they was cooped up, dancing and drinking, and not being hip to what's going on, we would be super lost and super behind. Mm-hmm. And with everybody dancing and showing their behinds and stuff, right? Oh, right, showing their ass and everything. Mm-hmm. You you cheating the whole community. You cheating a lot of black men. You cheating a lot of beautiful black women. You cheating a lot of people. Um, it's it's just it's just sad, bro. It's sad. It's a lot of other stuff. I don't want to get all extra hoobly goobly and go into uh <laughs> hoobly goobly. Hoobly goobly, man. Drop that. That's been, that's been the word for right now. Hoobly goobly. Facts. But I don't want to get all extra conscious and be like, even they're breaking up black homes and which they are. Mm-hmm. Like that's a fact. If the black home was together and we stood tall in the black community, we'd be super strong. Look at the entrepreneurs that we have. Mm-hmm. Black entrepreneurs are at a high rise, and we really do numbers, yes, and it's do. inspiring because you don't got to take orders from nobody else. You feeding you and your family and your folks and the folks down the block when you do your thing. 
and you giving back and you helping some you helping somebody free of charge because you inspiring them. Inspiration is free. Mm-hmm. So so free. so it's sad. It's sad. Um, shout out to bum uncles. Um, let me get to, uh, to the bum uncles. Shout out man. to bum uncles. Yep. So now here's something I wanted to get to the bigger thing, right? Mm-hmm. You touched on it briefly. Self love. Mm-hmm. How important is it? And most importantly, what does it mean to you? Self love means, and I'm gonna say a lot, even though that's like border. It, it is. A, it means a lot because self love is the thing that keep you from killing yourself. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. And it may be people who listening to this and you've been close to that. I know I've been close to that before where you, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But that's self-love that make you not do it. Mm-hmm. That make it not take it there. Or, yo, such and such did this to me. And you, and it's not that you're a punk or nothing. You're capable of going to hurt somebody. Anybody can hurt somebody. That's easy. But to refrain from it and think, that's self-love. You love yourself enough not to act on that action. Um, so it's everything. It's consciousness. Um Self-love is helping my kids when I have them. Self-love is loving the person that I'm with, my spouse, loving my family. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have self-love, I wouldn't be able to do any of that. Mm-hmm. And um, and you you said, what is it or what was no, the other so one? So it was like we are discussing like it's importance, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I feel like it's super, super important because if you loved yourself, you wouldn't do that many drugs. Like it's okay to have a good time, but mm-hmm. if you loved yourself, you wouldn't. Your body is getting skinny. It's not because you just slimming down. Mm-hmm. It's because them things is taking a toll on you. If you loved yourself, you would get up and find a different hustle. If you loved yourself, you wouldn't be comfortable. If you loved yourself, you wouldn't follow the pack. You would try to make your own lane if you loved yourself. If you loved yourself, you would fight for a bigger cause. It's going to take some time. But if you loved yourself, you would do it. You would be patient. Patience is love. If you're trying to do something quick, you don't really care. Fast food is quick. They don't care about us. So it's a lot of fast food. Like, nah, but if you, a home-cooked meal is nice and slow. It takes its time. It got love in it. So a lot of this stuff take time. Uh, and, and it's super-duper important because you can't do, you could do a lot of, you could do a lot thinking it's off of love, but it's really not. Just like helping people. A lot of people say they're helping somebody, but really it's a stroke their ego. Mm-hmm. But if it was self-love, you would understand it's not about me. This ain't about me at all. I love myself. I got a key. I'm going to give it away. You do whatever you're going to do with it. But somebody who don't love themselves is looking for validation and that help. Mm-hmm. And they look, it's like, uh, what is, where does it call? What is the name of the chemical that goes to your brain when you get like on Instagram and you get likes? Dopamine. Dopamine. Yeah. It's kind of like dopamine. Um, you help somebody and then you think, oh, my God, I helped somebody. And it, and it creates something of feeling because you not having that regular dose of i love myself and and the dopamine so once you find that you won't have to help people beneficially like Mm -hmm. to get you get an exchange it may not be money but it is an exchange it's a lot it's a lot that it go a long way when you love yourself it go a super long way you'll work out if you loved yourself you would go to the gym if you loved yourself you would stop bsing if you loved yourself you would do what's best for you if, if you loved yourself and i know it's hard i've been in predicaments where such and such, they doing me wrong, but da, 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 it's hard. Patience is hard, and it's all come with love. Like, love is hard. It's not the hardest thing in the world, but it's it's a difficult thing. It's not just like it's not just like eating. Like, especially when you've been in a dark place, it's it's difficult. And a lot of TV shows and people they talk about it. It's easy. It's not easy. 
it's not easy. It's not easy to do. And, and, and a lot of stuff that I talked about during the podcast, like I know looking looking in the mirror at yourself ain't easy. I know you telling yourself you're not perfect. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. You got to have a balance. None of this stuff is easy, but it's food for the soul. Because when you can sit in the room and you can feel like, yo, I know I did some messed up stuff, but I forgive myself. I know I did some great things, but I'm not arrogant on it. It is what it is. It's, you feel straight. Because if it's too much of an imbalance, you feel like you did so much wrong, you go into depression. And you feel like you just, you did all this right. Now you, big head, now you you can't even fit in the damn room because your head is so big. I'm responsible for everyone here. Bro, no you not. That's between them and God or whatever they believe in in the universe. But all this stuff stems from love. And that's why I say love is hard. It's a workout. Just how you, who said that? Charlemagne? But he was talking about uh, mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like working out your body, um, but when you work out your, when you work out your mind with, with uh, what do you, mental health, it's the same thing. Seeing the counselor and everything, working out your body is going to the gym, and working out self love and just your soul is doing what's hard. Is looking in the mirror and saying, "Yo, that relationship that I had, I am romanticizing it. It was not like that, and I need to accept it and move on." Mm-hmm. Um, or that situation that happened with me and my folks. I know my mom or my dad ain't that bad, but I got to figure out how to let it go. And it's it's stuff that I still deal with that's hard to let go, but it's some stuff that I didn't shed it. And it's because I love myself and I ain't going to let it kill me. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to let it eat me. Um, or even us doing this podcast. If I ain't love myself, I would have postponed this because I was scared to talk. Mm-hmm. But I love myself. I know I done messed up a few times in here. I'm not perfect. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I love myself. I'm confident. It's okay. Somebody going to understand and they going to get it. Um, and that all comes from self-love. Because if I didn't love myself, I'd be here, oh, my God, can we start over? I messed up. My vo- my voice cracked. <laughs> if I ain't love myself. But it's it's cool. I love myself, flaws and all. And that, that's what you got to do. That's what comes to self-love. Mm-hmm. And it's a process. You ain't never done. It's a process. That's the word. I think might be the next title of the episode. Is that you ain't never done. <laughs> Facts. You know what I mean? Uh, so... I'm gonna bring it back to the art real quick, right? Uh-huh. Quick question. So, as an artist, right, and you and you know how you are, and you're showcasing your work. Mm-hmm. What kind of feeling do you feel whenever you're like you have your work in an ex- uh, exhibition, or like you get asked to showcase your work in a gallery? How does that make you feel? So I got I got two feelings, and it's crazy, cause yeah, I just talked all this humble stuff, right? Right. But I am competitive, but it comes from being younger. Um, I usually lose at games. Like if somebody beat me in a game. Like, my brother Makai, shout out to Makai. If I used to lose in a game, I had to beat you X amount of times that you beat me. So if you beat me once, I got to beat you twice. If you beat me two times, I got to beat you four. But it came from my ego, right? I didn't understand that when I was younger. But a lot of times when I get in the shows, I'll look around, I'll look at everybody work, and it'd be a lot of good people. But I'll, I'll know that either I got more work than y'all and my stuff is bigger, you may have more technique, but I know these people, they ain't really, they don't, this this room that we in at this show, they don't care about technique. What they care about is size and they care about quantity. And I got a lot of that. And not saying my quality is off. I have great quality, but I'm stoking out the competition. Who look like what? Because I got to make an impression when I get in this room. I can't sit down in the corner and be the, the lonely artist and play that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done that before and it didn't get me nowhere. And think to the grace of God, it was God's will that it took me an extra leap. And you showed me, like, all right, bro, you can't just sit there like that, bro. People think that you're arrogant. 
mm-hmm. when you're doing that or people think you don't want to socialize or you don't want to be there when that's not the case. Get up, talk to these people, interact, and make your impressions. So I am, at first, I'm thinking real competitive and real strategic. Um, but after a while, after things settle and I look around, um, I get joyful that I'm in a room with other artists mm-hmm. and I'm meeting people. And it's dope to see other people's work. Um, at first, you go in there and you only know your work and you only know your hand. But when you could come outside your stuff and say, yo, I like your stuff. Like, I respect your hand. You got a mm-hmm. good hand, bro. Like, what is your inspiration on? Dang, bro, how long that take you? Like, I'm, I'm not, I don't got my head up my ass when I say I'm competitive. It's just that I don't want nobody, to, I want to make sure I'm doing my best every time I come out. That was something my mom taught me. Mm-hmm. Always want to be your best, do your best when you out here. I remember going to school interviews, and I may have not gotten an interview, but I know I talked the wellest in the room. And even that, the grammar was off, but I know I made an impression. I was the most passionate mm-hmm. or impactful in the room. I may have said something goofy, but I had more passion than anybody in there. And that's a that's a great thing to have, passion. Mm-hmm. So when I when I see other people's work, I just feel a lot of joy. Like I, I like talking to other artists. I like building with other artists. I like helping them. Um, I like I said, I'm competitive, but it's not that I can't give you a key. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a key, and that's it. Like what my dad told me, your key is never going to be like mine's. You, your hands is never going to be like mine's. But I could tell you something you molded into how you gonna mold it. But I'm not gonna hide it from you. I'm not afraid. I know my talent. I'm confident in it. I'm not afraid. So that's so yeah, confident and joyful. I'd be happy to be with other people. So yeah, beautiful man, beautiful. So, in this world of art, right, who have been some of your greatest artistic influences? And we're not just talking about just art as in visual art. Mm-hmm. Art all, all across the, the board. All across the board, man. Yep. Um, so, I want to give a shout out to these, <laughs> these four brothers right off top. It's probably four. Is it four? I don't know. It's probably a few. But my best friend, Andre Cheney, and not just because he's my best friend, but we I watched his style grow. He watched my style grow. Roger, um, when it comes to films and movies. Well, what's the last name? What's Roger Castle. Roger Castle. Raj, Raj put me on to, I always watch movies. Yeah. That was the thing my mom and my dad did, mm. big on movies and just my family in general. But Raj really had me looking at movies and breaking them down like, mm. bro, look at this shot. Like, what you think about this scene? Mm. So him with that, because now I can go into a movie and here's a key. Mm-hmm. You can go into a movie and screenshot clips and paint them um, or screenshot clips and use them for reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know that before. But with me having a, a little tweak of his talent that God gave him and he passed the key on to me. Now I can add that to my arsenal. Nice. Um, and I use that. Uh, so Xavier, even with him making beats, when I made music, I still do. It's just taking a long time. He got bars, so don't get some. Yeah, yeah man. I'll be getting in there, man. I be doing my thing, but <laughs> but Xavier, just his um, this his passion. Uh, that's one thing me and him connected through was passion. He was into a lot of artists that I was into. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spoke the same language when it came down to music, and like when we heard beats, the ugly face that we would make, like so that uh, Makai, uh, that's my brother. Um, just being in a room with him and. I remember Makai started making comic books when he was younger. He would make these little shorts. He would fold up paper, and he would do little... Con- and I, I didn't care about drawing. I didn't think you could do nothing with it, so I didn't care. 
and he could barely draw, but he found an outlet. And I admire that to this day because now that's something that I really like to do. And it's like we exchange keys because he was doing that and I do that now. And back then I was making, I was creating sneakers and I was selling them. I was painting on people's sneakers and I was selling them. And now he does that. So we exchange keys. So he's an, he's an inspiration. Um, my sister, Siani, and it's a lot of family stuff, but I'm about to get up out of here for a second. But even Siani, like, Siani was my first competition, like, like, I know sibling robbery is a thing and you're not supposed to compete with your your, your sibling and everything, but it was like, Siani, like, I'm a dog you. <laughs> I'm a dog. But she's nicer she's she was nicer than me. Always has been. It's just the fact of when you do something a lot, mm-hmm. uh, repetition. And that's what this 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 thing does. It, you need to keep doing it. Um, you can't just yeah, you can be talented and but that's only gonna take you so far. Now, when you study and you learn the craft and you learn all the structural qualities that you need to know and really put in the time, the three hours, the six hours, the 12 hours, mm-hmm. when you're really doing all that, looking up artists, studying anatomy, mm-hmm. repetition, then it's, it becomes different. So her being the first person that I had to compete with. Mm-hmm. Um, and outside of that, Kendrick, uh, the person who, well, Kendrick, Lupe, Kid Cudi. Uh, who else? J. Cole, Black Thought, uh, all these people. More, it's a lot of other music people. Um, but a lot of their songs and the dark ones, they said a lot of stuff that I didn't have the balls to say at the time, mm-hmm. or I didn't understand. That's how I felt until they said, and I was like, "Oh, dang! Like I, I was trying to kind of say that, but you just said it in a better way." So that was inspiring to me. And artists, and I'm just getting fresh off of artists. Cartoons always inspired me in comic books, especially Marvel comic books. Mm-hmm. But when I got to school and started to learn that, because I always, I ain't like working for people. I had jobs and stuff, but it didn't really last long. I like being an entrepreneur. Um, and shout out to my mom. My mom inspired me to be an entrepreneur. Uh, she always got a hustle on, and I seen that. And I ain't never want to work for for nobody. Um, So... Just plugging her real quick. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, when I went to school, I didn't know you could really make money off of art. I mean, I was doing it in high school, but I didn't know that it was like a whole technique to it. And then I met people, and I met my mentor, Randy Chavez, and he really sat there, and he brought the talent. He brought it out of me because, like I was saying, I was struggling with self-love and confidence in my work. And he showed me it. It wasn't even a lot of favoritism. It was genuine love. Like, like, yo, you know you paint like this painter. Do you know? Like, and the way that he talk is so funny. Like, he talks very deep. Like, he's a very intellectual guy, very spiritual guy. And he'd be like, so Picasso is your cousin. Like, he talks like that. That's an example. Mm-hmm. So just saying that that uh, artist is a part of my family tree and my lineage because He's speaking through me at the moment while I'm painting. Mm-hmm. So that was really inspiring. And just other artists that I've been in the room who was better than me. A lot of artists who was better than me inspired me. I didn't start uploading my art onto Instagram until I seen Marcus Prime. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I love Marcus, but it's like some of that stuff is like, all right, you know, it's working for you, but can we try something new? Mm-hmm. So Marcus, who else? Action, Action, Hank, I, Bearden, I think that's how you say it. Actually, Hank Beard, something like that, yeah. Yeah, 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 something yeah. like that. Can't nobody ever get it right. That's him. Google. Mike Beyond. Um, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of people. 
Let me see. It's like action. It's got to be action Hank Beard, bro. I think it's action Hank Beard or Brad, something like that. Yep, it's action Hank Beard, yo. Yeah. It's Nori. See? Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Yep. Him. Um, who else? Uh, a lot, of, a lot of artists. There's a lot of artists I don't know their names, but most of them are black artists, though. Mm-hmm. And they really nice. They nice with the hands. And a bunch of masters, like old people, a bunch of old white people. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's what inspires me. Motivational speakers, uh, like I say, ET. If any of you guys have the time, sit down and just search up Eric Thomas. Mm-hmm. Go and hit you, hit you where it hurt. You might start crying because he, he he don't pull no punches, and it's crazy because he don't know you, and he talk about some stuff that's like, yo, how you know that? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So him, my stepdad, uh, Miles. Shout out to pops. Mm-hmm. My family, my grandma, my sisters, just my my whole thing is that's where the inspiration come from. I yeah. everything everything I get inspired by literally everything, and I ain't trying to be cliche. I'm being real, man. Mm-hmm. I get inspired. I'm I'm emotional, so I get inspired by the rain. Maybe raining outside. Oh, I'm it's raining right now. See, I'm about to get inspired right now. Right now, I was just drawn in the park. I was sketching in the park. Yeah, I'm trying to find you, man. Talking yeah. about look over here, look over here. I'm like, where the hell are you at, man? I tried to give him some directions. Yeah, you tried, bro. I tried, It's all good. <laughs> damn, it's a damn tree in the way, man. It was. Goddamn trees. What are the trees doing in the, the park tree, in the, the first place? Was, the tree was moving in your way. It was yeah. getting up. It was trolling. <laughs> it was trolling me, <laughs> Damn it. But now I want to say also, before we continue, one more thing I will say to you before we get up out of hell. Out of hell. What's up, what's up? Um, actually, two things real quick. First thing is, um, you did the amazing Nipsey portrait for me, mm-hmm. and you said something to me that was very interesting when you were creating it. You said like when you were painting it, it's like you, it was like he was kind of talking to you via the music. Yeah. So is that how you get into creating? Sometimes like you, you're like a kind of a conduit. Yo, yeah, and it's weird because people could look at it and be like, "Man, that's BS," but nah, it's real. Um, I didn't understand it, but a lot of times when I was younger, I used to see a lot of stuff, like a lot of scary little stuff, mm-hmm. or, you know, look it up, and other people done seen the same thing or have spiritual experiences, and you get scared of it if you don't know how to use it, and some people have it heightened more than others, I mm-hmm. believe, um, even, like, relationships with the universe and God and things like that, like, um, I've been seeing double digits for five months now. I don't know what this means. But I've been seeing it, 333s, 1111s, 444s, 555s, all that. Mm-hmm. And that all comes from your connection with the world and the world beyond this one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm doing a painting, and it's not even just the music, but it just feel like, like one thing, I was talking to Dre about this, and he was like, um, dang, bro, that's crazy. Like, there's people out here doing Nipsey Hustle paintings, and them drawings look terrible. They did. And, I, and I'm like, yeah. He was like, bro, you should have promoted it. Like, so it's this thing you could do on your Instagram if you make it a business, you can promote it. Mm-hmm. And we was joking or whatever. Um, and it's just like, but something told me not to. Um, me and him actually talked about it and was like, nah, we're we not going to get down like that or anything. But even outside of that, something told me, like, it felt like Nip said, like, don't make, you're not about to hustle off me being dead. Like, mm-hmm. I appreciate it, the gesture, but you're not going, that's not how we're doing that. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. I, I I don't understand how people can hustle off a dead man just because it's the it's the wave right now mm. and and it's not that I can't understand it it's it's how can you sleep with yourself at night knowing that you're doing that 
that's not really genuine. It's not no passion behind it. And that's another thing. Nipsey inspired me beyond his music. I used to see a lot of his clips a lot. Um, and he was a dope dude. And I remember the first time I ever seen Nipsey. And I ain't see him in person, but he was in some movie. I don't know what this movie was, but I was younger. I had to be in middle school at the time. And he was in some Charger or Challenger or something. And he played this Crip mm-hmm. in the movie. And he was somebody's boyfriend or something like it that. It was like Love Chronicles 2. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, I was just like, he looked like Snoop Dogg. And for the rest of my life, like, he always just stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. And when I seen him kicking knowledge, I was like, like, at first I was standoffish. Because it's like a lot of people do that and they don't really be genuine. But, you know, you deep diving, you do your research and you see in there, oh, He's serious, like he's a good person. This mm-hmm. a good, this a good dude. Um, so when I'm doing it, it's like it was. It's weird because even with it being at the house, I should have brought it today. I forgot. But even with it being at the house, it feel like it's this aura it give off. Mm-hmm. Like it feel like he, like I never been around him, but his advice, it feel like, like his advice is there with me. So I'm never overreacting. I just did a YouTube video a few days ago, and I say he was one of the top three people that inspired me, and it's because he held his emotions together so well. Um, he never just blew out hot air for no reason. He was very, um, he took his time with a lot of things, and he spoke very well. And that's something that me being an emotional person and very passionate, sometimes that's hard. And I'm and I'm and I'm learning how to do that. But sometimes it's hard. Somebody could do something to somebody that I love and it's like, what? You see red. And it's like I often think about him and what would Nipsey do? Or I'll be in an interview or I'll do something and what would Nipsey say? How would he say this? Because he was a very cool, smooth, intelligent dude, and I I admire it. Like I look up to it. Um, so it's crazy, like I felt like he was there the night that he did pass. Um, we all felt it. It was weird. Mm-hmm. I started to feel it in the middle of the night. Um, and it was weird because that's a lot of times when I do grieve, it's in the middle of the night. I couldn't really sleep about it. It was it was just weird. It was weird. I felt like it wasn't real. And I was expecting to hear a song about that happening to him and him bouncing back and being motivated off of it. So it's weird, man. I, but I, I I do that with a lot of paintings, like even with Mike Tyson, I I look up to him a lot mm-hmm. because I understand I like how honest he is with himself and who he has been and who he is now, mm-hmm. um, and that's important because a lot of people will. I was that bull back in the day. Mm-hmm. A few years later, I was that bull back in the day. Time keep passing. I was that bull back. All right, bro. Back in the day is gone. Mm-hmm. Who are you now? What did you become? What did you grow? Did you grow or did you just let that keep feeding your ego and you got lost in the tracks? And it's hard. It's hard. But like I said earlier, if you loved yourself, you would do what was hard. But Mike Tyson, he's very honest. Mm-hmm. And even when I, the portrait that I did of him and I, I have yet to finish it. And it's crazy because Randy gave me that assignment when I came home because he asked me before I left California. He was just like, what's your... Uh, project for the summer and I was like I don't really know you know I just want to keep painting and he was like who's somebody you look up to and he was he's very humble like and he never expecting you to say him or anything and he doesn't want you to talk about him because it's not about him and that's the dope thing mm-hmm. but it's like I want to say you like you dog like Randy like like bro it's weird but you didn't I, I admire you like you make me feel like like you make me feel like I can do anything like, and I ain't never, nobody really made me feel like that in person. 
Like I had to go to videos to feel like that mm-hmm. or whatever. And you, you showed me who I was. Like you brought you brought me out of my shell for real, for real. So it was it was a deeper John. But that's a different conversation. <laughs> but um, and he asked me, and I'm like, uh, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, and he like, that's your summer project. Do a such and such foot foot, not by inch, but foot piece of Mike Tyson. Make sure it's very rendered. Da, 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 da. And I never got to it because I was intimidated. And the the time that I got to it, it's been a process. I'm still not ready to finish it. It's a lifetime thing. It's not a thing of, it's not just an assignment. It's a life journey thing with the portrait. Um, and it's like that with a few pieces. Uh, your pieces become a part of your heart. And it's up to you which part of your heart do you want to show and give to people and which part you want to keep to yourself. It's kind of like Cole um, when he was like, don't give him tr- too much truths. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's with everything. You give people too much ammo. And we've seen it with people that we admired until some come outside their closet. And you could kill him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everything be, a lot of the portraits be deep. Like, even when I do commissions, um, I don't really like doing commissions of people who passed. But when I do do it, I take it very, very serious because I know that's a serious thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm doing portraits of people, girlfriends and stuff, I don't really care. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but when it's stuff like that, like, or their moms or something that they admire, I just, okay. Uh, let me try to feel how you would feel about this thing. So I try to get in tune with it, with everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a long winded answer. Yeah, but it was just it was just right. So, it was yeah. Just right. So before we get up out of here, let the people know where they can find you, where they can watch you know your uh, YouTube vids, you know all that. Let it rip. So all okay. You. So you can find me on Instagram. That's my main social media platform where I post everything at. Um, it is Nazir underscore artwork 98. Um, and it's two of them. So whichever one says Nazir and it says artwork, just click on that one. It's two. It's two accounts. And it's spelled N-A-Z-E-E-R underscore artwork together and 98. That's that's just it. Um, and on there, don't be afraid if you have art questions, ask me questions. If you want to ask me questions about life or anything about the interview that you felt like, you wanted to hear from me and not saying I'm somebody that you know, but if you liked the podcast and you want to hear more, I'm open to talking to people. I love talking to people. Um, so reach out if you got a question or some need some inspiration or just need somebody to talk to. I'm open to doing all of that. Uh, and my YouTube is on my Instagram. So just click the link in the bio to take you right there and subscribe. You don't have to. But just tune in, check out what's going on. What else am I on? That oh, my SoundCloud. My SoundCloud is linked to that too. So I post a lot of things in the bio. So just keep up with me if you follow me on there. Just be clicking the link in the bio. I'll let you know. So yeah, man. That's that's pretty much me. <laughs> that's pretty much me, man. That's it. That's all there is to it. That's what it's all about, man. Episode 59 is coming to a close with the artist Nazir. Thank you for coming, bro. Family, I appreciate you you being here. Thanks, bro. Anytime, man. I'm happy you you can be here and share your story with the world. And, you know, as always, man, I love you, man. I wish you nothing but the best and much success to you on your journey in life. 
Thank you, big cousin. You know I love you too, man. Hey, man. Thank you. That's what we're here for, bro. I'm proud to be here. I'm happy. This is dope. Facts, my man. This is really dope. And also, um, Batman is, is is actually a hero, okay? He is. At Batman uh, is a hero. Someone's listening to this. Yep. Um, yeah, man. No, no. Stop stop playing with Batman. Batman right, stop real playing, here. Stop playing with Bruce. Facts. <laughs> Batman real. But yeah, everybody, peace and love. We out. Catch y'all in the next one. Peace. Peace.